Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today's Best Served Podcast 303. We're in the 300s, people. Instagrammable street food with Look Who's Cooking with Cheng Ren Hugh. This is episode eight of eight. We have come to the culmination of this series. We have learned so much. Cheng has learned so much, been connected with so many great people through this process, and so excited. We're mere days away from Cheng launching Look Who's Cooking food truck, and uh, could not be more excited for what's to come. So with uh, yeah, with no further ado, I wanna bring Ching in here, check in real quick. Ching. Hello. This, this is it. I mean, this is not it. We're going to be connected forever. <laughs> like this, this is, we've just laid the groundwork. But as far as like this part of your journey, this is it. Uh, maybe just some reflections. It's been, a, you know, an eight week series here. What's, uh, what are some big takeaways for you? Um, revamped the menu about halfway through um, after the um, episode with Kim Lai um, and really took to heart what the two of you had said. Um, as far did as scary, did that feel good? Both? Both, um, yeah. especially because I did that super small soft run, um, I think about seven or seven to 10 days after that episode recorded. Um, and so just trying to be like, okay, dumping this part of the menu out and then um, bringing in some new ideas and, and new, new menu items. Um, so I think that one was super huge and helpful um, in kind of pinpointing down and kind of fine tuning what was going to be on the menu. Um, you know, I look, keeping an eye on the weather for this coming weekend um, and po possibly doing another soft run uh, with the full portion sizes, uh, with surveys and stuff set up so that I can get some uh, feedback. You know, I love my friends, um, but I, I think sometimes giving an avenue for anonymous feedback so that they can really give me good, honest truth um, yes. Yes. is super important. And then grand opening April. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Remember. The, then this is why you're doing this. The only thing that matters is would somebody order it again after they've eaten the whole dish, which is why the whole dish piece is important. We forget yeah. about that in restaurants. We do menu tastings with our team all the time. They have one or two bites. A lot of things land for one or two bites, and you might get palate fatigue by the end and bite 14. Like, I'm over it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big vulnerability. You want to be very aware of that. And figuring out a way that they can truly understand the the exchange, the value exchange. So a lot of times I'm trying to have people actually pay for it, and then we reimburse them or even reimburse them more, give them a gift card, whatever. But making that transaction is important because then people start to evaluate very differently. Exactly. Free food looks and tastes better. It just does. Like there's no way around that, right? So think about that. I, I appreciate how thoughtful you're being about everything throughout this whole process. So I'm excited to talk about the visual identity of your brand. I think this is going to be so important. There's, there's two things I'm always thinking about at the highest level with this. One. I want it to be truly and purely you mm -hmm. that nobody else can ever copy and paste anything that you do and it fit their brand distinctly. It has to be you. And the other is to set a realistic expectation. Like you need to develop your menu 
you need to also then visually present it in a way that's obviously appealing and beautiful and sexy and all that. Yet you also want to make sure that the glossy image and what people get does not feel like it's two different things. And that is a vulnerability I see a lot happening where people are like trying to make the dish so beautiful, so cover of food and wine that, that what you get on the plate can never quite live up to that. So I want to make sure that there's this really nice balance, which is why I want to bring in Joe Freebond, who's going to speak with us about this. Joe, good to see you. Hey, guys. Good morning. So Joe Freemond has uh, Jay Freemond's visuals, right? We're really focused on food, on ski, on outdoor. And the food side, I know, comes from the fact that Joe and I actually worked together at Tag Restaurant over a decade ago to date us. And so I, I see a lot in your imagery, Joe, for sure, this kind of chef's perspective, which, which, I, really, which I really like. The kind of like just the nuance of the detail of what you're looking at from a chef's perspective, also capturing like the humanity or the struggle of what it takes to get that food to the plate. So really appreciate uh, you being on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, Joe. Thanks for having me, Jensen. Yeah, it's fun. Now we go way back. So this is fun to, to be a part of this. Um, yes. And, and yeah, you nailed it on the head that when it comes to my food photography, I definitely try to approach it from that unique chef's perspective from being on the line for years and, and, and seeing, seeing it go down from that side of the counter. Um, and you know, that I always just try to, it, no matter what I'm shooting, whether it's food or ski or outdoor lifestyle or whatever it might be, um, trying to kind of relate it in a way where people can, rather than showing somebody what it is, kind of have them feel what it is, is always the goal. And when it comes to food photography, especially, you know, there's a lot of people out there that take really, really beautiful food pictures and like cover of food and wine stuff. And to be honest, that's not really my style or approach to it as much as the tor the, the storytelling aspect of who's making the food and why and what's going into it. The, the finished dish is great. You know, we all want to see that pretty picture, but I'm much more interested in who's behind it what ingredients they're using, how that relates to their story, and showing that in a in a visually interesting way that engages the viewer, it makes them want to eat the food, but makes them want to know why the person making it is an interesting person to connect with anyway. And I think that it, when it comes to food photography, I kind of approach it with a little bit different um, focus as far as focusing on finer details. I like working with macro stuff. So getting really close in, um, incorporating motion, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to a kitchen and I don't think you see that a lot in food photography. So, you know, getting, I mean, pan flips and moving knives and fire and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of different things that can be shown in a kitchen and food environment. And I think most of the time we just kind of see the, hey, look at my pretty plate of food shot. And I think there's a lot more to the story. So that's kind of the part that I get excited about. Let's go. Chang, you see why I wanted to have Joe on with us. You, yeah. see the, you see the theme overlap here. This has been everything we've talked about in every different shade, Joe, has been about story, story, story. It yeah. has to be the story. It's the only thing that separates anything of your brand right the the food is just the proof that you are who you say you are yeah that is something that we've been there you go so if we throw it up there food is the proof that you are who you say you are this has become like a catchphrase for us for sure because i'm so passionate about it 
and even being a chef, it's hard to admit to myself sometimes that the food doesn't matter as much as the story. It doesn't matter as much as the human experience. So I really want to talk about that. All right. So for everybody, what we're going to do is we're going to break this kind of into two parts. First, I want to do some do some don'ts and then get into some do's. So some don'ts. There's a lot of things. We see a lot of photography that just falls short. I don't understand why. Why is it actually falling short? Is it just because it doesn't look good? Is it not telling the story properly? So Joe, you found some examples for us that we're gonna kind of take a look at. So wanted to just start throwing these up on the screen for people to look at. So this, just kind of a hot mess. Joe, yeah. what are you thinking when you look at this? Besides I mean, it's just, a, it's just a sloppy, it's just a sloppy plate. I mean, it could, for all we know, it probably could taste amazing but that's not that's not a photo that that's not a photo that does a lot of things for me a it doesn't really make me want to go search out where that's coming from even if yeah. it does taste amazing but there's no context there's no story there there's no there's no why in in that photograph at all all right sophie let's get that out of here that just it makes me uncomfortable uh all right so here actually sophie let's pull that up let's back up i want to touch base on that photo the one thing that i want you to think about Ching, with that one especially being the street food side of it is it it just looked like there was not a lot of composition to it in the sense that it just it may have been plated better i feel like that dish was taken off the truck wobbled yeah. around a little bit walked over to a picnic bench slammed down on the table and then it ended up looking like that and then somebody is taking a picture of your dish and people don't know that they mishandle it. They just see that dish and go, ooh, maybe to Joe's point, it was delicious. I just can't get there because it looks like that. So thinking about the way that you're plating is going to be very important. You want to make sure that your dish has some stability to it. So I think that was important. All right. So let's pop that, pop that next one back up. What's, uh, <laughs> what's going on here? So for me on this one, again, I mean, you know, the wings could be good. The burger could be good. This is, to me, an example of um, just too too close up in a sense that doesn't serve the food any justice. So for me, like I said, I like to do a lot of macro photography where you're getting really close up details. Yeah, tell us what macro means for all, for all of us who that just went right over our heads. Yeah, so macro photography is is very, very close up. So like true macro is like you ever seen like a picture of a of a of a bug's eye, like that sort of thing. Gotcha. Where crazy close up. That's that's macro photography. It's something that does get used fairly often in the food world, um, but I think can be used in a more uh, engaging way when it comes to telling somebody's story, particularly on the ingredient side of things, um, where you can t you can kind of create almost abstract photography related to the ingredients themselves and then parlay that into how that ingredient relates to the dish and then how that dish relates to your history and your story. Yes. Jake, so, that's important for you because of the fact that you're going to be introducing people to a lot of new terminology, right? You're going to be introducing people to a lot of new dishes as a whole, a lot of new culturally relevant dishes and a lot of new ingredients, right? So I think it's going to be very important for you to have a clear understanding internally of how to express the emotion or the journey of that individual ingredient of that people of that dish. And the more you understand that, that's all the storytelling stuff. That's all the why stuff we've been talking about through this whole series. That's all the you having to write a 250 word article about every single dish. Otherwise, why is it on there? Right now we're talking about how you visually represent that. 
And what Joe's talking about is like, you really have to understand that story and then find those little points of nuance to capture it. And that's the part, that's easier said than done. That's why Joe does what he does, why so many talented photographers yeah, are able to capture that moment. Easier said than done. But on the macro side of things with the ingredient focus, you know, it's these days with Instagram and, and social and everything, you need content, you gotta put it out there, you gotta stay in front of people's faces, but you want it to be engaging and relevant. And I think a fun way to do that for a lot of chefs that, that might be kind of overlooked is just focusing really intently on specific ingredients. So you don't necessarily need to post a full dish. You could post something about an ingredient and have a couple images that are just about that ingredient that are super dialed in and, and in a perspective that people aren't even used to seeing to maybe they're even like, well, what is that? And then you kind of zoom out and get a bigger, you know, a, a more broader image of it. And, and then you, in that caption, you can talk about what that ingredient is, where it's from, how it's grown, or most importantly, why you care about it, yes. how it relates to your food. And then later in the week or the next day or whatever, then you can share something else that's a more uh, uh, complete dish or, or you know, share a, a raw photo of the ingredient and then share how you're treating that ingredient in the next post and then share the finished dish later in the week. And it's something where you can kind of engage people throughout several posts and it keeps you kind of pumping some content out, but that's relevant to your story and, you know, focuses on a special or a dish or, or something that you're really excited about. Yes, Joe, come on. I'm loving this. Jane, this does a couple things. One, it has one dish have a whole week. The whole week you can focus on the dish and not just show the dish again and again and again and, and spam people. It also keeps you grounded in something we've talked about and it's gonna be more and more. It's what's top of mind for you right now as we're going through this, how, how we get it out there process of like putting all the pieces together and having that content go out is you have to stay away from transaction and be like, here's my dish, buy it. Here's my dish, buy it. Here's my dish, buy it because there's so much white noise and everybody's saying that people are like I'm over it. Like, unless you're the best in category, you're vulnerable to the fact that somebody else has more money, has, has better understanding of, of, of social ads, has a better location, all of these different things. So I want you to really, really think about Joe's, what he's talking about right now. I think even if you are the best, it, it, you know, you still need to, you still need to engage people yeah. in, in, in that why, you know, I mean, without, picking sides or anything, but like a perfect example that comes to mind for me is a couple restaurants in town like Hop Alley and Q House both have a, a fried Szechuan chicken dish. And I, I love them both. I think they're both great. But if we were looking at posts and one of those restaurants chose to highlight the Szechuan peppercorn earlier in their you know, social media posts for the week and talk to you about that, I'm probably going to be more likely to be interested in that preparation rather than here's a completed dish come by my chicken so that's kind of kind of what we're getting at on that all right ching we're throwing a lot at you we got a lot more to go <laughs> quick moments of deep breath how are you feeling about this does this feel like on brand for you does this feel daunting does it feel like exactly in line with what you've been thinking it i think it um it's in line um you know i have some behind the scenes photos and that type of thing of some of the prep um of items that i haven't necessarily posted out on social media so just um knowing that you know what don't worry about the composed dish, dish as much and, and use some of those photos I've taken from recipe testing and development and that type of yes. thing and use that as a message forward. 
yeah, let people let people in. People want unfettered access to you, your story. And again, the food is just like, yep, this tastes exactly like I thought it would based on the story that I that I became invested in. So I appreciate that. All right, a, a couple of last two. I want to go through these really quickly because I want to get some of the do's in here. Let's pop up this next one. Looks like maybe a little burger, chicken burger, something like that. Uh, what's happening here, Joe? I see some things. I like the color composition a little bit. I like that there's some background, but it, it, it looks a little bit like the dish itself just was a little bit of an afterthought or it wasn't, I don't know, what's going on? You tell me. Yeah, so so this one, I know we kind of had to crop this one a little bit to fit it on the screen. One of the reasons I chose this one is part of the background that's not quite as visible shows someone hanging out of a food truck and you can kind of see the business name, but it's not um, it's not in focus. Not that that's a problem. The, this photo is kind of an example of trying to use depth of field, which is where you have something in focus in the foreground or background and, and the other side of the image is, is out of focus. That's kind of the quick and dirty explanation. But yeah. my reason for choosing this is more about context. So yeah. where the macro photography is punched in and you almost have no context to the point where it kind of becomes abstract and that can be interesting in its own right. I think that the flip side of a lot of food photography is lack of context where we're just showing the dish and we're not showing anything else. So we're not showing the business. Maybe you've got a really beautiful truck and you want to be able to show that. That, that, with is, that the is the fact, Joe. She has a very beautiful truck. Yes. That's, I mean, we want to show that. Or, or you. We want to show you. And we've got another photo here that's going to kind of lead into this. Yep. Which this, I like it. So I, I shoot a lot of outdoor lifestyle stuff and a lot of, a lot of fishing. And this photo reminds me of the classic uh, fisherman's like, hey, look at my fish picture which we've all you know i've seen a million and a half times and it happens with food photography a lot specifically in the in the kind of uh you know fast casual and, and food truck space of this exact shot where it's look at my food and you kind of get a little logo out of, out of focus in the back this isn't specifically a bad photograph to me but i think it's an example of an of, of a bit of a cliche and, yeah. and and so where i'm getting at with that is we want to give customers context to you and, and your story while we're showing the food. So a f just really kind of gets into composition and, and where I work with my clients is, you know, is, is showing what's important, the dish, but how that relates to the overall context. So showing the dish in relation to your truck being in a beautiful spot or showing showing the dish of you handing me you know, a slice of pizza or whatever that could be, but yeah. with your face in it, because you're the one who's making it. So you're the one who matters at the end of the day. So that's, yes. I think that's important too. So again, that last one's not necessarily like a bad photograph the way maybe a couple of the first one were, but I think it just gets into something that it's, it's a cliche that it's, that we want to focus on you in your story and, and how, how we can identify you in, in a, slightly different more engaging way got it so more depth than just the look how big the fish i caught is yeah and it's kind of it's all of the above where the macro gives you yeah. those really tight in it you know the context has different levels to it yep. so you know the, the macro ingredient stuff is context for the details in your story whereas a big wider shot that's going to incorporate you as a human that's doing this 
and the food that you're excited about serving, you know, that's a, a wider context. So I think good food photography, especially related to Instagram and, and telling your story, needs to be a lot more than just that pretty magazine cover photo of a dish. It needs to be the full the full gamut and, and there are levels of doing that in, in everything from super detailed stuff on the ingredients to you in the general context of your operation and serving customers and, and all of the above there. Great. This is awesome. So so this already would have brought so much value, 100 uh, percent. And I was excited when Joe and I were exchanging this morning, touching base on a couple of these photos and stuff. And you mentioned working with your clients. And so Joe uh, is is gifting you a, a free complimentary photo shoot, Ching. Awesome. To come down. And maybe it works to actually the timing of when you're doing your next soft to be able to, to come down for that. But I wanted to have Joe capture that one dish, just that one journey and find that journey. And, uh, you know, for you to be able to start to communicate to others that journey we've been working on in the show, you've been working on your on your menu stories and really like telling those stories and the backstory and all that you're I'm going to want you to express that to Joe. And then let Joe do what he does and find those little nuanced things that are so uniquely you, so uniquely look who's cooking. And uh, and so I'm excited about that. Joe, grateful for that opportunity. Absolutely. I'm excited. You can share that back in. So check back into the comments because we'll have links to those photos and, and all of that work. I'm going to try to get Corey down there to shoot some video of look who's cooking and of Joe doing his thing because I, I just love the collaborative spirit of what's kind of getting showcased here. So I want in these last kind of 10 minutes, I want to go through quickly. We're going to get a lot of more of this because you guys are going to work together now, which I'm so happy about. I want to touch base on this. There's there's four images, Joe, that you had that I really liked. And uh, I want to just pop these up. You had just something simple, pasta. It's, I mean, you know, I'm still the pasta guy. That's, that's <laughs> your thing. And so it's so humble. It's just, you know, it's a bunch of yellowish beige strings, yet somehow you made it look captivating and beautiful. How are you getting to this level of detail? And it just feels like I need that pasta in my life. Yeah. So, I mean, this gets right into that, that macro close up detail stuff. So you know, break the record for saying macro on a, on a show. Joe. I know, right. I haven't seen macro that much in a while either. Um, it, so, I, I mean, I use this, I use a very specific lens to get a shot like this, but it's, again, it's just, I think I think food photography can can venture into the realm of kind of abstract art if you want it to, because there are, and it, and you don't have it doesn't have to be fine dining. I mean that was just you know simple pasta. It's not it's not anything crazy, um, but I think food's beautiful and it doesn't. But it doesn't have to be just a completed dish. So it can it can be something as simple as some noodles or or a piece of asparagus or. I, I, I've got pictures of blueberries on my website, but I think they're, you know, they're pretty for what they are. And when you can show people a different perspective than what they're used to, that immediately engages them to think about it more. And, and it immediately makes you stand out rather than just a composed dish on a, on a pretty table. And um, it, it also shows the inspiration, like as a chef, pasta is inspiring as a chef, like, first of the season asparagus is inspiring. You're allowing people to get connected to the things, the why, why you do what you do. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, this next image, you caught some of the sizzle. Like there's a lot of images I see that capture the sizzle that just seems so doctored, so like 
that's just not the way that it looks. If that's the way that it looks when you're putting some skewers into the fire. So, you know, talk about how you kind of capture, you talked about a little of the action, the yeah. sizzle, the, top, the flame, how, how are you thinking about that? So, so this is an image from a, a client that I worked with uh, here in Denver, uh, Persian Grill named Sean Diz. Um, they're, uh, they're just south of DTC, highly recommend them, the food's incredible. And it's a family run operation. And I, I had been a customer there for a while and got to talking to the brothers. It's like a couple brothers and their mom in the kitchen, which I'm immediately drawn to that story and wanted to wanted to work with them. And it was it kind of started as like a passion idea that ended up turning into me working with them to shoot their whole menu. And 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 I kind of told them I was like, my approach is is to tell the story in, in a lot of real intimate details. And so that one, you know, a big portion of their of their business is these very, very traditional Iranian kebabs. And again, yeah, sizzle pictures, we've all seen a million of them there. But that one, you know, there's fat dripping off the chicken. There's a ton of smoke coming around there. I got right up in the grill for that shot um, to the point where it was like, oh, my lens might be getting a little hot here. But, um, you know, I think it's it just again, it kind of goes into that that how do you tell a story of something? So I shot them making that, that ground meat mix beforehand. And then I shot them hand forming those kebabs. And then I shot them on the grill. And then I shot the completed dish, but it was all this series of different images where they were able to, you know, obviously pick and choose them as they, as they wanted to. But my thought process and, and intention behind it is always show the, show the process, show the steps involved and show the people that are doing it. And that that particular shot's obviously a bit closer up, you know, in that part of the process. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I love I love anything where things are kind of moving, and uh, the smoke in that one was probably one of my favorites. Yeah, it's transformational. There's a lot of moments in cooking that are transformational, right? Absolutely, that is yeah, it's ultimate forming. And so this feels very transformational. It's a moment that especially anybody who's cooked or understands food or is in love with food or has built an entire career around food. That's a special moment. It, it shifts from being raw meat to that sizzle pop, and then you start to smell it, and you start to know that it's becoming what it was meant to be. And so it's a very cool transitional, transformational moment. And then this next one, this is this is beautiful. It's this is one of my all-time favorites. Jarring. I know this feeling. The first feeling I had was it's lonely sometimes. In, like it can be lonely when you're an entrepreneur, when you're starting a business, when you're a restaurant. Like, and I can just see the like. There's still that level of attention to detail of like, and the salt capture just flawless. Make sure that you let it rain is yep. super important. So, uh, it's just like there's this solitude to it. There's this expressiveness of like I care so deeply about what's in this pan. I can't even tell what's in the pan exactly. Uh, looks like he's seasoning protein from the way that he's seasoning, but it's just like, this is such a powerful image and it lets people in, right? So talk about this for a moment. Yeah, so so this is our good friend, Samir Muhammad, um, in the kitchen by himself in a crazy tight space. Um, this was fun for me because it was it was difficult to get angles in a in a super crazy small kitchen. Lighting in kitchens is always a kind of a nightmare. I mean, um, I can see asparagus in the foreground. It looks like there's a ticket hanging in the top right corner. Exactly, exactly. So I shot this. I shot this through the pass. So I had the camera basically in the window, 
and um, and shot that through the pass. And yeah, there's a ticket in the right hand foreground and some asparagus in the left bottom corner. Um, and I, I really love black and white photography and it kind of lends itself pretty well to inside kitchens just because light's kind of tough and I don't really, I, I try not to use artificial light if at all possible. Using a flash with food gets kind of weird. Yeah. It, it ends up looking it ends up looking a little too manicured and too unnatural. Changes the colors a little bit in ways that I don't particularly enjoy. Um, but yeah, that one was all about action and story. And like I said, the motion, you know, like the salt, you can see that it's kind of moving in process there. And yeah, just like, what does it feel to be a chef in a kitchen? And that that's kind of one of my favorite moments that I got there of, of with the, the ticket in the window. It's kind of the one that sealed the deal for me on that one. It, it's it's powerful it's, it's real uh there's there's this like empathy that instantly like i feel when i see that moment both both joy and pain simultaneously i think that's yeah. a powerful thing it's all right, this last, this last image finished dish here's what i really liked about this finished dish i like that it, the dish looks beautiful amazing and you could have put it in a position to just be so polished so clean yet look you know there's a little like ring color stain there on the, on the past because it's in operation it's working yet it still feels composed yet it doesn't feel contrived and forced and so that this image i really liked as a finished dish because it felt like this is what i'm gonna get i'm actually gonna get it because look somebody's getting it and there's two more about to get plated so it feels authentic in what i'm going to experience not just of the dish itself so talk about that as a representation yeah, so I mean that you hit it on the head. I mean that dish I shot that picture, you know, 30 seconds before that hit somebody's table. So that that was in service. That was not out of quote photo shoot, you know, where things are things are more manicured. Um, and and that was you know the the top half of that, which you know we got it had to crop a little bit. But there's another bowl being poured in the background of that shot. That's a little soft focus and. And that, yeah, you know, you got the ring on the countertop. I mean, this is a working restaurant here in 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 action. And those are those are the images that I gravitate towards more. Again, coming from that chef's you know side of it and that perspective of wanting to, I think people enjoy you know in the world that we're in now, we're so far down the line of post Food Network stuff where people enjoy hearing and seeing chefs' real stories more than just manicured and, and highly polished food photos that are super stylized. So again, what Jensen was getting at in like, you don't want to take a picture that's so beautiful that it, it, it misleads the customer to what they're about to eat. You know, that's why I try to shoot dishes as they're coming out of the kitchen, because that's what customers are going to get anyway. So if you can make a beautiful picture out of what is actually being sent out, rather than something that has been stylized for the sake of the photograph, you're already telling a more authentic story about yourself and the food and the customers are gonna have, you know, much more realistic expectations and hopefully they're high because you're you're showing them something really beautiful anyway. But I'm much more into like, let's take a beautiful photograph of food that you're about to send out. Like if, if you're if you're getting mad at me for taking too long to take the photograph because it needs to get to the customer, like that's the exact sort of scenario where I think you're telling the most authentic story. Yes, and this is where your ability to understand the, the motion within the kitchen 
uh, is so important because you understand timing so yeah. well. And so it allows the opportunity for that so that you don't have to, like, look, if, if the dish kind of flops a little bit, you're, you're probably not going to take that shot. So you want to make sure it's. Yeah, I mean, I'll point something out here and there. Regular comes out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll point something out here and there. If it's like, oh, replace that, <laughs> wipe that down, whatever. But I, in plenty of the kitchens where I've I've had fun working, I'm always telling people, I'm like, I you know, I know how to be out of the way, and I'm probably going to get a little closer than maybe you're used to with a can, you know most cooks aren't used to having a camera over right. their shoulder. You just but, know when to get in the way. That's but, but yeah, it's know when to do it and yeah. and to say, hey, like if I'm doing my job right, you know, you're doing your thing and you're not doing anything unusual, and I'm just there to capture you doing already what you would be doing if I weren't there. That's it. They're just doing what they were meant to do. All right, mic drop. Joe, we're going to get you out of here, right? We are going to follow up. If if you're watching this episode in the very, very near future, make sure and check back with this episode because we are going to drop the photography and some of the, the fruit of the labor of these two working together into the comments here so you can find those uh, when they do actually do a little shoot together. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. I think that's really great. Joe, we're gonna get you out of here. Thank you so much for being yeah. on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chair. Yeah. Thanks, Jensen. See ya. See ya. All right, Ching. It was a lot. In fact, a yeah. lot of photos, <laughs> a lot of action, a lot into this. I wanted to, here's the thing. I, I so much more decided that this was going to bring immense amounts of value to everybody watching and listening because you are going to get even more on this with, uh, with Joe. And so, I mean, this is going to be a huge opportunity for you. Like really, not just the photos. The photos are one thing, and that's going to be a great asset that you have. Yet you really need to siphon some superpower from Joe. Joe's thought process from end to end is unlike a lot of photographers. And so it, it really comes from that experience, understanding the kitchen side of it. So I want you to really, really dig, dig deep to kind of find those places that you can continue to keep that going in per forever in perpetuity for your brand so whew, deep breath that was a that was an action-packed last episode we had a lot to back in at the end of this episode how you feeling this is it good um excited yeah quite still but you know yeah. feeling i mean I, th I think if i wasn't then it i'm not you know i'm not challenging myself in that type of thing either so i think sometimes it's good to be completely terrified um to push kind of push the limits that's it. That's where transformation, that's where a lot of that transformation happens. So, you know, you have such a good foundation. You're so thoughtful and you can cook. Keep those things going, like keep those things going and make sure you don't fall out of balance with those. That balance is going to be super important. And then, oh, by the way, you also better be able to manage seconds and pennies and a PL and all of the things that it takes to run a business and then hire properly to get all the right people. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And uh, I appreciate, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to go through this part of the journey with you. And like I said, we're, we're already planning episode nine of sorts to be able to kind of reconnect and, and see kind of your journey. And I, I expect, uh, we're gonna stay on top of this. Sophie is gonna make sure that you tag us I don't know, in everything that you ever do, we would be absolutely <laughs> happy to be inundated with with pictures of tofu and the whole process of, of you introducing people to tofu in the way that you interpret it versus the way that it's just been, oh, look, it doesn't have meat and it's this obligatory non-meat item. 
in vegan or vegetarian food, I think there's a huge opportunity. And I know you're going to run with that. I don't know why. I saw the tofu and mushroom dish, so I ran to, towards that. Not that that's going to be the pillar of your brand. Yet I think it's just another opportunity for you to tell stories. That's what you're going to do. The food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. And I believe that you are who you say you are. Now it's time to share with everyone else. Awesome. Jake, have a great rest of your day. Uh, I'm so excited for you. Take care. Thank you, Justin. Cheers. All right, everybody. That is it for uh, what a great series. Ching Ren Hugh has what it takes for sure. If nothing else, I just know that the approach, the thoughtfulness is going to always serve. Look who's cooking forever. So once again, Best Serve Podcast 303, Instagrammable Street Food, Best Serve New Volume 2, Episode 8 of 8. Please, in the comments, check out the entire series. Check out the articles that were written around this series, including uh, Ching writing an article. It's, it's so important for us to understand the journey that it takes. If you have been through this, you know. If you're thinking about it, this is the type of thing you need to understand. And this process that we take people through, this best serve clear, best serve new process, is all about finding who you are, right? Not just focusing on the food, because the food has to be the extension, the proof once again. So you guys know me, I'm a broken record. I'm gonna keep saying it again, again, again. Why and who before what and how? That's it. End of series. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.